Blog Talk Radio. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Atlas. Atlas is shrugging. Big time. You know, it, uh, well, let me ask a, l- l- let me ask you a question. It's a very straightforward question. 
An answer is, well, answer honestly. Wait, we're skipping something here. Welcome to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date is already August 14th, 2012. Beautiful Old Town Alexandria is where I am. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. I'm calling number 347-884-8500. And the question is, do you have an indelible right to your neighbor's labor? Now you may say, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that, Doc? Well, let me explain. No, well, I tell you what. Better still, let's let let's let President Obama speak to it. How about we do that? Let's see what he has to say about it. Take a listen. Too many folks still don't have a sense that tomorrow will be better than today, and so. The question in this election is, which way do we go? Do we go forward towards a new vision of an America in which prosperity is shared, or do we go backward to the same policies that got us into this mess in the first place? You know, I believe we have to go forward. I believe we've got to keep working to create an America where no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from, no matter what your last name is, no matter who you love, you can make it here if you try. That's what's at stake in November. That's why I'm running for a second term as president of the United States of America. All right, so there you have it where you can make it here if you try. But in the same breath, Obama speaks to shared prosperity. Shared prosperity. But you can make it here if you try. They seem to be competing just a little. How do we How do we share prosperity? Well, America is supposed to be, not often is, the land of opportunity, but in most cases, it it is the land of opportunity. Steve Jobs, Thomas Alva Edison, Bill Gates, Mrs. Fields of Mrs. Fields Cookies, the dude who invented the pet rock, the Beanie Babies, and of course my favorite, The Cabbage Patch Doll. What do all these people have in common, all these entrepreneurs? Well, they started out broke. They didn't come from families with money. They weren't wealthy. They were broke. Flat out broke. Mrs. Fields was just a housewife who could bake a decent cookie. She decided to mass market her cookie recipe... And became wealthy. Before that, she was flat broke. 
the maker or the guy who thought up the pet rock, it's my understanding that he's still quite rich today. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, well, that speaks for itself. What about the gentleman who – what about Tom Monahan? Do you know who Tom Monahan was? He was a Marine corporal who left the Marine Corps, got out, didn't have much money to his name, but bought a pizza shop. And within 10 years, he turned that pizza shop into one of the most popular pizza places in America, especially on military bases. That pizza shop was called Domino's Pizza. Now, I can't say whether or not he received government assistance. But if it wasn't for his idea, his drive, his determination, but Obama says there are a lot of smart people out there with drive and determination. If you got a business, you didn't build that. Well, let's hear, let's take a listen to what Ayn Rand has to say about all that. Because, well... Obama has offered a vision for America, a vision of class warfare, tax hikes, new regulations, and more government spending than ever before, than any other previous president. He also took credit, he takes credit for modest and belated improvements in the economy, despite the fact that he failed, his failed 2009 stimulus ushered in three years of economic stagnation. But shared prosperity. But what does Ayn Rand have to say about all this? I thought you might ask. Let's find out. The prophecy. Mrs. Rand, do you have any comment to make about the prophecy that was made in Atlas Shrugged? Only that I'm sorry it's coming through so exactly. If Rand was here today, she would point to almost anything that's going on in government right now and say, I told you so. A devastated economy caused by government intervention, leading to more and more and more government intervention, which makes it worse and worse and worse. What if all the brilliant creative people, the brilliant engineers, the brilliant inventors decided to stop showing up for work? This is her magnum opus, right? This is everything. This is objectivism. This is her ideal man, finally realized in John Galt. She's got it all tied up, and she thinks this book is going to change the world. Because it is so radical, because it basically challenges 2,000 years of philosophy, that really can set some people off. Everybody practically came out against it. The left, the right, the middle, they were all against it. It was attacked in the most vicious terms everywhere, and nobody came forth. Nobody. I said, all due respect to you, Juan. John Gold says goodbye to America, 60 pages in your book. I will never give you a script approval because I can't get the movie made. If I have to wait till you drop dead, I will to do it the right way. Every time things got worse in Atlas Shrugged, they said, well, we need a new rule. 
We need a new directive. It's like reading the book. Did you know that 50,000 regulations were added during the Bush administration? The Bush administration. First, they tell us, you know, I'm in charge of the committee that is setting rules that could, um, you know, if you make bad rules, could destroy your industry. And then, you know, as they're walking out the door, they say, oh, by the way, how much money do you think you could raise for us? And that's the story of Atlas Truck. What happens when the looting runs dry? I'm challenging the moral code of altruism, the precept that man's moral duty is to live for others, that man must sacrifice himself to others, which is the present-day morality. Okay. All right, we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. I was driving down the road down King Street just yesterday, about 5 o'clock, 5 p.m., or as we say in the military, 1700. So I'm driving down around 1700, headed back to my place. First, I was going to stop over at King and Union at the Starbucks. Hey, that's the place to be. The girls are hot and the coffee's even hotter. And as I was driving, I kid you not, at least not right now, three, three vehicles. One had a bumper sticker that's red. You guessed it. Who is John Galt? The other had signage on the top uh, part of the the, uh, the rear view window, spelled out in letters. What did it say? Who is John Galt? That's what it said. I hadn't even gotten home. So I live right off King Street on the Prince. I hadn't even got home to my palatial estate on Prince Street cobblestones, roads, old world feel. Feels like you're in Virginia back in the 1800s. It's so beautiful. Tree-lined streets. I love it. But I hadn't even got back to my modest three-floor, four-bedroom, all brick, exposed brick, really fine hardwood floors throughout all the accoutrements of a prince, a marine officer, and a doctor of philosophy at the second oldest college in the nation, which is William and Mary. I hadn't even got home before I saw yet another vehicle. And of course, on the bumper, I read, Who is John Galt? What's going on, folks? Is it just is it just Virginia? Is it just Old Town? Or could it be that these are just a bunch of rich white folk who are afraid that Barack Hussein Obama's going to liberate their jack from them? That they have taken to Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged? 
And once again, it begs the question, do you have an indelible right to your neighbor's labor? Obama said that many Americans no longer believe in, and I quote, the basic American promise that if you work hard, you could do well enough to raise a family, own a home, send your kids to college, and put a little away for retirement, end quote. Who the hell, what people are he referring to? Which which people are he referring to? Because I kind of think that the majority of Americans still believe that. But then again, maybe he has some polling data that I don't have. Maybe he's talked to a few folks. Could that be it? Well, I don't know. But I do know this. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back. And we're going to talk about this in depth. And if you if you have a question, if you just want to call in and talk about it yourself, talk about your own experiences, please do. Please do. We'll be right back. You built that business. You built that business, but Barack says no built that business. Well, that's for you don't you didn't get that. You right. built that business, but Barack says you, no. You didn't get that. You don't, 
with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. The state of, oh, wait, quote, the state of our union is getting stronger, Obama said, pointing to recent declines in the nation's unemployment rate and a positive forecast this 2012. Still, Mr. Obama apparently believes that he hasn't sufficiently spread the wealth around. Which is why he's pledging to do more to fundamentally uproot the free market in an effort to enforce this Marxist worldview that apparently has been embedded in his psyche since the time he was a little toddler with those big fat ears of his. Obama said that many Americans no longer believe in the basic American promise. The defining issue of our time is how to keep that promise alive, he said. But many of us conservatives agree. Although after three years it has become painfully clear that Obama's anti-free market policies are killing the middle class. Not promoting that dream. Nonetheless, the mainstream media gushes over his rhetoric. Tingles go up their legs, with one CBS analyst referring to Obama's speech as optimistic populism. Whatever the hell did that mean? We we here at Blog Talk Radio and across the conservative spectrum, we call it socialism. And while Obama keeps or kept invoking the or keeps invoking the mantle of fairness, he refuses to acknowledge the fact that the American definition of that term is rooted in what? It's rooted in equal opportunity, not radical wealth. Redistribution aimed at perpetuating a dependence economy. You see, the sad fact is, more and more Americans have become dependent on the government for basic sustenance. After all, when you remove When you remove the incentive for people to make money and pursue their ideas, you remove wealth from the economy and innovation from our lives. That that's that that's that just that that's just plain simple. Well, let's let Ayn Rand speak to it just one more time. Just one more time.
Karl Marx predicted that capitalism would commit suicide. The American businessmen are carrying out that prediction. In destroying themselves, they are destroying capitalism, of which they are the symbol and product. And America, which is the greatest and freest example of capitalism man has ever reached. There is no outside power that can destroy such men and such a country. Only an inner power can do it, the power of morality. More specifically, the power of a contemptibly evil idea accepted as a moral principle, altruism. Remember that altruism does not mean benevolence or consideration for other men. Altruism is a moral theory which preaches that man must sacrifice himself for others, that he must place the interest of others above his own, that he must live for the sake of others. Altruism is a monstrous notion. It is the morality of cannibals devouring one another. It is, it is a theory of profound hatred for men. I seem to have competition here. I'll let you go first. Okay? It is a theory of profound hatred for men, for reason, for achievement, for any form of human success or happiness on earth. Altruism is incompatible with capitalism and with, and with businessmen. Businessmen are a cheerful, benevolent, optimistic, predominantly American phenomenon. The essence of their job is the constant struggle to improve human life, to satisfy human needs and desires, not to practice resignation, surrender, and worship of suffering. And here is the profound gulf between businessmen and altruism. Businessmen do not sacrifice themselves to others. If they did, they would be out of business in a few months or days. They profit, they grow rich, they are rewarded as they should be. This is what the altruists, the collectivists, and other sundry humanitarians hate the businessmen for, that they pursue a personal goal and succeed at it. Do not fool yourself by thinking that altruists are motivated by compassion for the suffering. They are motivated. All right. So here we are. What's the defining issue? Oh, by the way, welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I see that uh, cool Mike's in the house, Karen Hunter. Some really, really nice folks. Cool Mike uh, co-host a great uh, blog talk show with um, with Annie, the radio chick, Southern Sense, at 2, 2 p.m. here on Blog Talk Radio. And, of course, 2020 Radio <laughs> You've got to check out his Saturday show. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Get up. I can't believe I just said, oh, my God, either. Like a, like a, like a, like a mall chick. Please disregard that. Wow. 
Check out Saturday's broadcast of 2020 radio. It was out of control, but in a good way. Oh, my goodness. That show is probably going to be featured, I suspect. Oh, boy. Okay. When you remove the incentive for people to make money, when you remove the incentive for people to get rich, you know, I I think Gordon Gecko. I think Gordon Gecko had it right. Greed is good. Greed works. He had it right. You know, this that 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 uh, re uh, reboot of Wall Street where Gordon Gecko sort of changes his stripes a little. That's a bunch of crap. Now, Obama has a commitment. And his commitment is leading us on a disastrous course. Obama has proposed new tax hikes on millionaires. $200 billion in new stimulus spending, as well as even tighter government regulation on our financial markets. At one point, he even proposed hiring new government regulators to file trade lawsuits against China, the nation that is bankrolling most of our deficit spending. Really? Aside from the lunacy of threatening our national banker, not even the script writers of the West Wing which once set the bar for optimistic populism, not even then, that show even backed a millionaire's tax, arguing that it would take money away from the first generation of retiring black millionaires. Surprisingly, there was one part of Obama's speech we did like. His promise to sign a bill banning insider trading by members of Congress. But that was about it. Obviously, we hope that Obama has issued or will in November issue his last speech where he is decrying capitalism in favor of socialism or Marxism or communism. We are also thoroughly disappointed with the Republican U.S. House of Representatives, which continues to pursue a path of appeasement in dealing with Mr. Obama. And earlier on Southern Sense Show, we talked about there being no go-to guy for the Mitt Romney-Ryan campaign. And by go-to guy, I mean Barack Obama and the liberals, the Democrats, are going to play dirty. They're going to play dirty if they will not fight fair. And there's no shame. Oh, hell no. There's no shame. None, mind you. From accusing Mitt Romney of killing someone's wife to perhaps him being a uh, a felon or committing a felony to uh, Mr. Ryan pushing an old lady over off a cliff. And all the other lies and deceits and half-truths. Meanwhile, Mitt Romney, white-bred as he is, 
and Ryan, even whiter bread, refused to get down and dirty and in the mud. From what I can tell, they have no call rove. They have no, my personal favorite, and if I could resurrect only one person in the world right now, it would be Lee Atwater. They have no Lee Atwater. They don't have a guy to get down and dirty with Barack Obama so that they can keep their hands clean. But Obama has all sorts of surrogates running around saying all sorts of crazy, wild things that are sticking in people's heads. Now, like a lot of my conservative brethren out there, we talk to liberals about our concerns for this country. And we do so with facts. Numbers, facts, figures, history. We have it on our side. Meanwhile, as I sat having lunch with a friend of mine, all she could say to me was, well, you're not going to talk about my president like that. And I said, well, give me an idea of what sort of what policies you, you approve of. Well, well, no, 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 just, you know, I mean, where do, you, where, do you, where do you stand on these issues? You know what I heard back? I heard what I always hear. The very, almost verbatim, I hear from these liberals. Well, I don't, I don't really want to debate. I don't really want to get into politics. I don't think we should be, you know, there's two things that you never talk about. Religion and politics. We, I don't really, I didn't really want to have a debate. Of course not, you dumbass, I wanted to say. Because you have no facts and figures. Once you're presented with intellectual debate on subject matter for which you have no intellect, then you you use the same they they all I mean to, to I mean to a person they use the very same retort. I don't really want to get into politics. Well, you know, tell me what you think about this or about that. Well, I just think that well, you know, he's had he has to deal with the with the situation that he's been he been he was he he had a very difficult situation. He's still trying to dig us out of the problem. That he they they don't say George Bush. They 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 come short of saying that. And I said, well, "Okay, well, yes, he did inherit, you know, a pretty tough situation. But he hasn't made it any better. None. Well, you know, let's talk about something else. <laughs> At which time I declare victory. Oh, yeah. So, we we know what we need. We need a Lee Atwater. We don't have one. We need a Carl Rove. We don't have one. We're flying blind here, folks. Mitt Romney and Ryan are just too too decent. Now, how do you expect to win that way? Although I applaud the choice to a certain extent, I would have much preferred Marco Rubio, no doubt. But I'm concerned because 
they're going to get down and dirty, and I'm not so sure that it's not going to work. So it's back to our question. Do you have an indelible right to your neighbor's labor? Joseph Rosenberger asked the question in The American Thinker. This next presidential election presents a choice between two social contracts. The social fascist contract, fascist contract of Mr. Obama and the Democrat Party and the limited government free enterprise capitalist contract of Mitt Romney. And in just 80 some odd days, we're going to figure we're going to get we're going to get a definitive answer of what the, what America has decided. But to help you choose your contrast, please answer the following questions and a simple yes or no will do. Do you have an indelible right to your neighbor's labor? And don't answer with, well, that depends on what how you define indelible or what the definition of labor is. Or what the definition of is, is. I use the term indelible in the same sense it was used in our Declaration of Independence. A right. A right self-evidently granted by nature's God and creator. It's a permission granted to you by no other merit than your simple existence. It doesn't come from others or it doesn't come from a government. You're born with it and to diminish it is inherently evil and against, well, the natural order of things. If you believe that you have this right, then it's perfectly acceptable to demand that your neighbor's labor is yours or that they labor for you. Practically extending this right, you have the right to earnings of your neighbor's labor, such as wages and rents, and they to yours. It means that private property is, is a meaningless fiction now. This sort of social contract where one is not permitted private property is either indentured servitude or slavery. You choose. So what does Obama mean when he talks about shared prosperity? Quite frankly, I own much more farmland in Ramsar, North Carolina than my two neighbors on either side. And as a result, I prosper probably a little more than they do in terms of, you know, cattle grazing, <laughs> just just that alone. So does shared prosperity mean that I chop off a chunk on either end and give it to my neighbors, or should I be forced to do so, so that they can share in my prosperity? Or could it be like the words of Al Sharpton when he says, he will not rest until everything is equal in everybody's house? 
if you believe that you have this right, then the definition you, by definition, you must receive permission to acquire your neighbor's labor or private property. You must not steal. You must exchange something of sufficient value in trade for your neighbor's labor. If you believe that someone less well-off than another self-evidently justifies your forcing the better off to labor for the worse off because it's the right thing to do, then indeed you obviously believe that your neighbor's labor is yours to claim. Consider, if you will, national health care. If you believe that you have an indelible right to another's labor you might compel a hospital to provide emergency services, skilled medical labor, and private medical supplies and lodging to the indigent without compensation or market prices. I talked to a friend of mine who just happens to be a nurse. She believes that it's a good thing to share her, um, shall we say her... Um, uh, Her skills as a nurse. And I said, well, okay, well, you know, uh, fairly soon you're going to have, um, you know, uh, you're going to be inundated with more people, indigent people, people who can't afford to pay, coming into your emergency room. So at the end of your shift, where you're being paid handsomely, my nurse friend pulls down 43 bucks an hour. She pulls down $43 an hour. That's pretty good, Jack. So I said to her, well, at the end of your shift, do you plan to stay another three, four, five hours unpaid in order to render such services to those who are less fortunate? Of course, she said, oh, hell no. I said, well, wait a minute now. You do believe that it's a good thing to provide services for these people. You're getting paid handsomely, as it is. Why not donate several hours a week of your time to the less fortunate at your workplace? Just volunteer your services to the hospital for free, perhaps one day a week. And if all you and your friends get together and donate one day a week of free services to the hospital, and thus to those poor, unfortunate folks who can't afford to pay, then the whole world would be so much better off for it. You're paying for it. She was not having it. She, she was not having it at all. So all of a sudden... This philanthropist, this well-meaning socialist friend of mine, she was all like, uh, no, I'm going to get paid for my work. So now I'm watching the other day, the Unsung, which is on TV One. And on Unsung was a group called Arrested Development. 
maybe some of you have heard of this group. They're going around singing all kinds of crazy uh, 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 hippie style songs. Everyday people, very catchy. Mr. Wendell, yeah, I dug it. I sang along, of course. But they were all about social justice and, you know, power to the people. And some their, their follow-up album to to uh, their big hit-making album, which got them Grammys, was all about socialism and injustice. And they made no money at all. But here's the kicker. We had these black hippies talking about, you know, they're, they're the Afrocentric group. They're an Afrocentric group singing in, in Georgia, doing their thing, talking about social injustice, talking about street bombs, Africa, dancing Africa. One of, one of the chicks is kind of fat and bald-headed, folks wearing dreads. There was some crusty old man in the group. And they were all about socialism. Turns out, it was really all about money. Because the group split up. Because it wasn't really all about this hippie, Afrocentric, bunch of bunch of uh, uh, misfits dancing around doing a jig. And singing about Afrocentric tunes, it was really all about money. They all, the group fell out and fell apart because one was getting paid more than the other, one was getting more recognition than the other. And the leader of the group, he was getting like 70, 40, and folks were jealous. He was saying he was doing all the work. So he deserved most of the money. I'm talking about a group called Arrested Development. So really, all that idealism about, you know, being your brother's keeper and it not being about the money, that it's all about the art. No, what it all comes down to is what Ayn Rand talked about. Your labor, your worth. You do the work, you get paid. There were other folks in the group who didn't do anything but dance. Shake their asses. They wanted half. I want half, Eddie. They wanted half. Oh, I dance in the group. I want 30%. Oh, I sang uh, uh, on this one record at the end, and it was brilliant. I want 25%. They ceased being friends. It ceased being about the music. And then it was all about the money. And quite frankly, that's what it should be about. So stop fronting and talking about how you're, you're here to do good. And it's all about taking care of business and taking care – not taking care of business, taking care of your fellow man and all that crap. Because I have yet to talk to a person who would give up their – their lifestyle, their living large in order to benefit someone else. When you really get right down to it, 
it's really all about yourself, taking care of yourself, looking out for yourself. And most of the folks I talk to who are living quite large, they give lip service to this whole thing about giving back. They're not giving back anything. Just like I told you about my nurse friend who balked about giving away a few hours of her time free of charge in the emergency room to help those less fortunate. She said she would she would never do that. But yet, she talks about socialism and the need to give back. But she wouldn't do it. We have a caller on the line. Caller, we're going to get to you as soon as we take this short break. Please hold on. You've been very patient. We'll get back to you in just a second. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. You know, I was here in Congress in 2008 when we had the economic crisis. It was a terrible time. Millions of people lost their jobs. Trillions of dollars of wealth, gone. That crisis caught us by surprise. Let me ask you a question. What if your president, your senator, your congressman knew it was coming? What if you knew when it was going to happen, why it was going to happen, and more importantly, what if they knew what they needed to do to stop it from happening and they had the time to stop it, but they chose to do nothing about it because it wasn't good politics? What would you think of that person? be immoral. This coming debt crisis is the most predictable crisis we've ever had in this country. And look what's happening. This is why we're acting. This is why we're leading. This is why we're proposing and passing out of the House a budget to fix this problem so we can save our country for ourselves and for our children's future.
looking at? I mean, take a look at this, huh? Is this what happened in professional wrestling? Huh? Very cocky. A lot of charisma. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Custom-made clothes. Gold around my neck. Rolex watch around my neck. I do not more than your house. A Lincoln Continental, a Mercedes, a Rolls, or a Corvette, live in the biggest house on the biggest side of town. Shut here, please. And I got a limousine sitting out there a mile long with 25 women just dying for me to go. Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want president? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. (laughs) I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. All right. Welcome back, folks. Um, we have just about – wow, we, we're, I'm glad we, we decided to bring the show over just a little bit because we need to have room for our caller. Caller, you're calling in with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Hey, hello. I got my caller in. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Caller. There he is. Caller, there she is. Is that you, oh, Maze? you hear me now? Maze, what's up, girl? Yes, the silly, the silly show that you told me to listen to last night. Mm-hmm. They need some help. That's Which one? They need, it. they need some education. Which show? Wherever, wherever the one out of Atlanta. Are you, ta- are you talking about 2020 G-Ski, 2020 yes, Radio? That, yeah, no. those, those things, yeah. Did you listen? I'll call, too, but they wouldn't let me talk because uh, they couldn't take it. I guess they was about to have a nervous breakdown. They wouldn't let you talk? No, gonna pipe me down and have a conversation with the the lost and needed. Well, lost and needed. May sometimes you um you you try something. You don't do this to me because I lo- I love it when you call in and I love. I ask, that's what I'm saying. You should have a different. You try their patience a little because no, 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 you talk no. over folks. No, that's what I'm saying is that mm-hmm. everybody got the same opinion. You're not learning nothing. Listen to the same thing over all day and all night with the same thing. It's like they're talking a memo. Right. And if somebody else come in with something different and ask them a question, they shouldn't get upset. No, and I agree with you. But it makes let no me, sense. Okay, well then let me ask you. Let me ask you, Mace. Do you believe? Now, please, could you just give me a yes or no answer? Oh, here? I will. Do you believe that you have a right, indelible or otherwise, to your neighbor's labor? Yes, I do. Because I like to volunteer and do stuff for free. No, 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 no. I'm asking you if you if you believe you have a right to what I earn, what do I, I earn right? work for. Do you have a right to that? Well, it depends. It depends. Because if you earned it with somebody helping you earn it, yes, they have a right to have part of it because they were the reason why you did it. If you want to come up with a, a, a project and you had five people helping you with the project, does that mean that you have the right to keep all of it? 
mm. when you didn't have anything to do but sit up, but sit there and look and be the boss? Hello. A simple description of socialism. Let so me describe it. socialism or whateverism, but if you had the five people around the table, they should make money too. That's well, no, 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 no. A simple description <laughs> of socialism is a philosophy that disfavors individual property rights and autonomy and places them in the service of centralized governing elite, a fascist philosophy. See what I'm saying? You take people property? Sector market forcing to a central government. That's what socialism is. Whatever you say. That's what I said. Do you believe that... No, no, no. No, let me ask you this right now. Do you believe that the money that I earn, that if I have... As Barack Obama said that at some point he believes that you made enough money. If he decides that I've made enough money and he decides that he's going to tax me well, individually in order to give money to you. Well, Barack Obama is not the one that determines who makes how much money. It's the Congress that does that and he has to sign the bill. Mays, Mays. So if it's the Congress Barack, decide that, that's mm-hmm. what we have to abide by. Mays, Barack Obama has overridden uh, uh, Congress. Barack Obama and, has not overridden the Congress because half of the sorry thing, the Democrats and the Republicans, both of them sorry. So you, be- Congress- you believe that you have a right to someone else's property? Did I say you have a right to it if you somebody helped you with that property? If you did it by yourself, no. But if you had help with it, sure. What, what kind of what do you? How do you define? And help? I don't believe that you, I don't I don't believe that you have the right to go broke and then ask somebody else to help you pay for it either. But the Republicans are good about doing that. Okay. Because when the banks was about to debacle, who had to step in to do that? When Bush was in office, they were going under. Who had to pull them out? And now they're making more money than ever. But we had to get them out. But then when you ask and then you go to other countries and you willingly give your tax dollars, but when it comes to the American people, you have a fit for the few dollars that you have to take, extra dollars that you have to pull out of your pocket and give. It's better to give than to receive. What about, uh, let me ask you this before we go, Maze. Biden said in a speech earlier today that if you were sitting in the audience, let's say you, Mays, are sitting in the audience and Joe Biden is speaking. Now, please, please, Mays, I, I, I think you're great. I love you, and I, I'm really happy that you call in. So just let, answer this question for me. You're sitting in the audience, and Joe Biden is giving a speech, and he says they're going to put y'all – he doesn't say you all or you folks or you people. He comes out with a black ease and says y'all back in chains if Mitt Romney's elected. What would you actually think of that clown when he said that? What were your thoughts? It determines what they're doing. Let's they doing take a listen. If they're making laws to put, them, put people back, that's what I would be thinking about. If listen. they wasn't, I would say what's wrong with them. So from the laws that they're trying to do, even trying to suppress the vote, won't even won't let people just go to the vote. It should people should have the right to go in and vote any way they want to, or to whoever they want to, without having roadblocks in that way. You shouldn't have to have a ID, a state ID. Any ID should matter if your face is the face that you have. Maze. What I said, they need to put voter registration card. Republicans voted for. Look at what they value and look at their budget. And, what and look the, what they're doing. Romney wants to let the – he said in the first 100 days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. He said he's going to do nothing about stopping the practice of outsourcing. <laughs> 
is a clown. Maze, what do you think about that? You're a black woman. They're going to put y'all back in chains, he said. Come on, Maze. Hmm. What do you think about it? Are you, can you hear me, C. Jones? Yeah, I hear you. It's like when you want to talk about change and somebody else speak about it. Well, that's mm-hmm. forget about it. That's the past. But when they want to carry the reverend flag around and they still do on their trucks. Yep. So evidently they want to go back somewhere. They want their country back. All right, so we're all going to be put in Republican change. banner. All right, 208, Bye-bye. you're on with C. Robert Jones' Situation Report. Hey, it's Karen from Idaho. Uh, Karen, why do you keep saying it's Karen from Idaho? When you move to Virginia or Miami, are you going to say, hey, it's Karen from Virginia? Virginia, yeah. All right. You just told me to say Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what's up, Karen? How you doing, girl? Nice of you to call in. I do appreciate it. I thought I'd come and rescue you. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Rescue him from what? Hey, Maze, she said something about why do we need our IDs to go vote. I didn't say that. Um, I said why do you need a state ID. That's what I asked you. They leave the state part off. You can just have a ID, you or who you are, on whatever kind of picture you have. That's the what's the difference, Maze? Most so IDs why do you are have state. To have state ID? Most, 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 it's a government ID. Why not? No, 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 no. The college students can't have an ID, but you got to have a state ID in order to, to be able to vote. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. But because the co- because the college ID can be easily more easily forged, oh, it and, be forged and, and than than a uh, than a government ID. I would I would ho- I would suspect. I mean yes, that's just so. I'm just guessing on that one, but I suspect yeah, that that might. See, be the case. see, most people if they were smart enough, they just go get some hunting licenses, and that's a state ID. <laughs> okay, well, still an ID. It's a picture picture okay. ID. A picture. Uh, a picture. That's why they uh, should put a picture on your voter registration card. And you won't have to have your ID is on your voter registration card. That's why they mail you one. We had another call on six one six. Now hold on, Mays. Uh, Karen, go ahead. Oh, I'm I'm thinking we need ID so that all those dead people in Texas can't vote again. You still didn't answer my question. Why does it have to be a state ID? Why not? What other kind of ID is there? They have all kind of IDs. You have IDs on your credit card. You got a military ID. You can't even use that. Now, what kind of sense is that making you don't serve this country? Come on, Karen. I'm listening. Well, I have a military ID, and I use it all the time. No, you can't. You can't use it to vote. Go down to Florida. You cannot use it to go and vote. All right. Uh, We have another another call on the line. 410. 410, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Oh. Their ID. I'm out here in Maryland, and um, they don't check anything out here. I got a military family, but they don't check any ID. You just give your name and your number, and they let you vote. Are you kidding? And the state ID, the state ID is what you want. The states are the ones who are supposed to have their rights. That's what our Constitution was built upon. That's why they should have their rights, and every state should have their right to make it up whatever they want. I agree. Uh, it should be states' right. That, yeah, that's the whole point. We shouldn't be federalists. We should be states' rights, <laughs> and uh, that's why I was going to call in and say you're talking about the two uh, the two different choices. Um, I wouldn't say Romney was a conservative, but now that he's picked Paul Ryan, I have a little bit more faith in the Republican Party, but not too much. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I I agree. I tend to agree with you. I think that um, you know. Uh, the 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 campaign was sort of floundering a bit 
and getting getting uh, you know uh, uh, having a hard time getting started but what i've been told recently and listening to uh southern census show at two two o'clock earlier today uh is that some um political pundits uh believe and political operatives uh believe that mitt romney was kind of you know kind of keeping himself in check until right about now where he that was going to just go ahead and unload isn't that doesn't that mean that Paul Ryan is going to have the dominant attitude and a dominant belief system, and a, and Romney is going to be overshadowed? Well, Which you know, good. the the, uh, the 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 vice presidential nominee is usually uh, the more yeah. uh, the 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 pitbull. But we're not in that point. We're not in the point that we've ever been in before. You know the point that you, I, you know, looking at what you said, we're looking at two different, distinct ideas. But this is mm-hmm. not something that we've ever been involved in before. I mean, yeah. we're actually talking about a president who praised Paul Ryan three years ago and now hates him. Yeah. We're talking about a president who says Mitt Romney murders people, and a Democrat Party lies out their rear. The Democrat Party is not the problem. The problem we have is a Republican Party who's not conservative and does not believe in ideas and goes along with the leftist attitudes. Yeah. Well, um, I think that, as, as I stated earlier on the broadcast, I think what Mitt Romney and Ryan need is a Carl Rowe or a uh, a political operative like Lee Atwater was for George Bush, the first Bush. Um, they need somebody to get down and dirty with the I Obama. I a question for you, and I didn't know this until tonight because my mom called me, and she was extremely upset. This Medicare issue has got – Ryan's got to put this forth. Uh, my mom just got letters from Medicare. She turned 65 in December. You know, because she turns 65 in December, she gets a $20 penalty. Yeah. Because wow. she didn't get it all year. She's also she also is making copies of all this. She get if you plant Part A and Part B go together. If you don't take the Medicare and you stay on your own insurance, you get penalized 10% for the rest of your life. Wow. Well, they say you may get penalized, but you know, government. Mm-hmm. And this has been going on all year. Nobody's pointing this out. Obamacare's already taken effect. You know, they're already putting it out there. She can't stay on her insurance. Not well, only that, she's not mm-hmm. going to be able to afford it. This is only starting next year. She won't be able to afford it to stay well, on Medicare. They're I not going to give her anything. Yeah, I think that uh, that Ryan's going to make make the uh, make the case to the American people. Not only is he intelligent, but he speaks plain, so that uh, you know the, the average person can understand what it is he's trying to tell us. Well, I hope and, so because there's another little thing they have in there, mm-hmm. and it says after a certain period of time, if you make over eighty five thousand dollars as an individual or one hundred seventy five as a married couple, two mm-hmm. years before you get on Medicare. They prorate it. You get hey, John, Can I ask you yeah. a question for him? That, I, that oh, I got, on, my mom's got. I've seen can I tell the letter. About his mother. The reason his mother is being the reason his mother is being punished. This didn't start when the Obama administration came in. This has been going on before the Obama administration ever came along. To where you get penalized 
for 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 not turning turning different things or uh, your insurance in and doing the things that you need to do. That's why she's penalized ten percent. It had nothing to do with the administration. Tell them to look back the law before the president came in and going on back. He can go back fifteen years from now and see the same thing. So that's what I'm saying. And find an excuse for nothing that makes no sense. Not a fact, just an opinion of somebody who right. gave you. My mother got this information, and it says revised November 2011. Go back and look look at the Social Security Administration, everything that goes on, and look and see why she's being penalized. I don't deal with that. I know you don't. I don't don't want to trust any of them. Hold on now. I've had businesses for 20 years. I'm struggling now, and I have applied for any kind of help that I've paid into. I was lucky enough to get food stamps, but I only get $34 a month with five kids. So I don't trust anybody or anything. You know, when my mom calls me upset and when I'm struggling, I don't trust any government agency. They're all lying. But I you use it. All right, hold I on a minute. Let's, let's, let's hold on for a minute. We got 616 in here. 616, talk about it. Hey, Doc, everybody. It's Cool Mike. Mike, of course. How you doing, my man? Great show good. today. Wow, it was it was really good. Well, it's nice to have you. You know, um, Maze is right in, in sense a lot of laws. Um, a lot of these laws have been in the book a long time. It doesn't necessarily mean they're right. And it, it, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm not saying I, as much as I can't stand Obama, uh, Maze, you should listen to me talk about George Bush. The rest of you, uh, Doc Jones will tell you my love for George that Bush. That has nothing but to do with the love Wait a minute. Nobody. Time out, Maze. Time listen. out. My whole point is, if it's wrong, it's wrong. It wasn't right when George Bush did it, and it, things weren't right when Barack Obama did it. And it wasn't right when Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan did it, or FDR. It wasn't. And the bottom, the bottom line is that um, Doc Jones has what he has for whatever reason he has. I'm not entitled to it. I'm not entitled to a dime or anything. We know but because there's, you a, there's a mentality. Don't think that way. Well, well, there's well, it doesn't matter if they think that way. Does government have the right to say, okay, because Doc Jones doesn't think that way, that we're going to take from you? It's not. You know, a lot of times when they talk in the black communities uh, and they may give this description that all these black people are poor and it's just such a. It, it's such bull crap that, uh, like Joe Biden making that insult today in front of people, it's not really Robin Hood. It's robbing from the hood is what it is. Because what Doc Jones has, Doc Jones is entitled to. If you he don't wants to put- share with Cool Mike, that's fine. But if he does not, government has no right. Government has no right to take what he has to redistribute. They have no Period. right to take my. They don't. Ha, they have no right to take my taxes, but they pay, take them that I pay. They take them. The utility company take them. The gas company take them. Everybody take them. And then I have to pay taxes at the end of the year. They have no right to do that. But I don't hear you screaming and hollering about it. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> you hear me screaming and hollering plenty about it by changing. By I want to change the law as far as going to the fair, going to a fair tax. But that has nothing to do with the subject at hand. The bottom I'm line is all over the place. I love my money, and I teach my money to sense. But I still yeah. have to pay tax on all and of it. And, and I have no doubt, Maze, you and your husband or your family has worked hard for what you ha- what you make and what you have. But I'm not entitled to it because I'm unemployed, because I lost my job. Am I entitled to it? No. And here, here's, a, here's another thing where we let government just get so out of hand. Here's a perfect example. Okay? And let's throw it out there for everyone to ask. Um we don't have we don't have uh yes we we can't decide if every week when we pay our taxes or every two weeks 
They take unemployment insurance out of it. Yet you go to the government and say, I lost my job. They'll let you know if you're qualified for, um, for unemployment. Although you've worked 30 years and paid into it, they're going to let you know if you're entitled to it, and then they're going to tell you, well, it's ran out. You're not. Uh, wait a minute. Um, but government can do all this. But the bottom line is, why don't we do anything about it? I mean, we're complaining about Obama or Romney or Obama and Bush. The bottom line is these problems, regardless of Democrat or Republican, the answers lie with you and I. It doesn't lie with government. It doesn't lie with a particular politician. It lies with you and I getting involved and getting active. I mean, we're looking for we're, we're looking for God in the devil. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Karen, you you have any thoughts on that? Hey, Karen. Hey. Mike. I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around the voter ID thing. <laughs> well, how about how about how about you, four ten? Anything you anything you want to add to that? Yeah, four ten must have dropped. Uh, must have uh, must have put his uh, Mace, mic on. Mace is rough on some of these people, you know, shaking them up, giving yeah, them a she is. so they some of them take off. Mays. It's what I'm saying is the Democrats and the Republicans work together because you got them sleeping Amen together. Amen on that. They married each other. And why aren't you just on, I mean, you just focus on one person. That one person didn't cause this. But everybody want to take a bath with that one person saying it's his problem and he did it. But then you got a sorry congressman that ain't doing nothing. You want to, And they go want, home, taking our tax dollars, go home and getting paid still. What do you mean? What do you mean you want to take a bath with him? What is that? What do you mean, Mays? What did you say? You said somebody wants to take a bath with somebody. Yes, in the water with them. Okay. The right. Democrats and the Republicans. I don't see no difference in either one. I bathe alone, Mace. What'd you say? Unfortunately. Hey, cool Mike. But I don't. <laughs> I heard that, Doc. <laughs> oh, Major Mace says I bathe alone, unfortunately. But, but no, but Mace, you're right. Birds of a feather flock to, together. When it, they when all come together to in D.C. When it, when oh, it comes to taxes and when it comes to war, they are all in it together. And that's my tax dollars going down the drain to kill other people on, in another country that has no business and nothing to do with us. Well, and, and I so, agree that, but, but with you that want to look at it one-sided. So that's why I call C. Jones because everything is the same thing coming out of one ear, and everybody is speaking the same words. So I come in and give my point of view, which is different. Well, Some you're, people don't like it. But your point of view is my right to do it. And you know what? I appreciate it. You know, a lot of a lot of you know a lot of liberals. Uh, are are very I'm not close. a liberal. It, 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 I, stop, am a, I am a human being. Maze, Maze, honey, sweetie. A lot of liberals. A lot of liberals. You know they don't want to hear the other person's point of view. They don't want to hear conservative views. They they tune you out, or they'll try to shut you up, or they'll hang up on you, or whatever. But here at the Blog Talk Radio, I know that me, twenty twenty, cool Mike, we don't we welcome. You know, dissenting views, if nothing more than to be able to put you in your place in a very intelligent way. Well, I just ask questions and I won't answer. But okay. if everybody giving the same answer, you're not getting anywhere. Or you just giving uh, your point of view and not facts. I see. Because if I ask where you go get them from, it's just like I told him to go look for his mother. The reason why she got to pay a penalty for 65. My aunt had to do the but, same thing, but she didn't get mad because it was her fault. No, no, Maze. He said that he received uh, that his mom received an and revised uh, uh, order 
a revised issue, not not what what you were saying was correct, but she received something new, where the uh, where the, uh, the the law or the mandate was revised for this year. As and he believes it's as a result of Obamacare kicking in. And what I said, he needs to go look it up and see was it that or is it just something he's putting there. All right. I'll put that there. That's what I said. He needs to look. Got it. Got it. Well, let, let's ask him again. Let's What's see if wrong he, with that? 410, are you here? You back? Nope. Nope, he's not. Uh, all well, right, so wait. let's nope. wrap and, things up. I got, I got, let's wrap things up. We're going on a little bit long. I set the show for an hour and a half because G-Ski 2020 is not doing a show today. And uh, I thought I'd go on just a little bit longer than usual, but usually my show is uh, just an hour. But hey, wrap things up for us, uh, Mike. What's on for you and Annie for the next uh, for the for the next couple of days? We have uh, on Friday. Tune in, everyone. Mace, if you get a chance, call in on Tuesdays at two o'clock. We love dissenting uh, views, and so we don't hang up. We we don't hang up on people. Oh, yeah. I, I sure will because I'm not afraid well, of nothing. My, well, I'm free. You know that. Well, the, the bottom line is that uh, what, Doc Jones, what Doc Jones makes, Doc Jones is entitled to. If he wants to share with Cool Mike or with Mays or anyone else, that's wonderful. Giving, and that's Christianity, and that's neighborly. But government really? does not have that right. That was strictly in the Constitution that government doesn't have the right to do an awful lot of things. Our founding fathers were fearful of what's taking place right now. But of yes. course, uh, in, in the in the bottom line is this is taking place. We're look we're we're not look if we're looking to be evangelized, let's not look to the political system as far as evangelizing government. Let's not look to the politicians for the answers. The answers lie within the people themselves, as is written in the Declaration: Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And remember, it is our duty to throw off such government when abuses are being taken place. So we can either complain about it and do nothing. <laughs> Or we, the people, can do something about it and not really live happily ever after, but pursue the, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. With that, that's that's that Doc, I hmm? hand it back to you, Doc Jones. All that's right. Nice. Cool, Mike. Hey, are you going to be on tonight with uh, GGT 183? And no, how, we are. No, Jermaine, uh, we are off for the next two weeks. Jermaine, I don't know, Doc, if you know, he's he had surgery. Um, he, had, uh, he had, he uh, had, a malignant cancer tumor on his thyroid, and they have removed it. It is fully successful. Mm-hmm. It's been fully successful, and uh, we were going to carry the show on without him, but we all made a decision as a team that we weren't going on without our leader. Um, and the after, and also for those who don't know, Sarge lost his wife of 36 years. So it was best for all of us to just take a step back. I'm involved in a couple of elections here in Michigan. Just thought it's a good chance to not only complete continue complaining about government but really count our blessings outside of this uh outside of the political world and btr and jermaine is recovering well sarge is healing as best that he can and you know what we'll be back and uh we'll be back at the end of this month um All right. we have some big 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 changes and i'm not going to say much of this but conservative prime time is going to be on an am radio station while broadcasting on btr uh I believe it's starting in October. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. great. Fantastic. I can't she wait. Maze, you may need to call in, get her voice heard oh, all over I the place. I will call in. Maze and, will and, be and, like. And, can I finish what I got to say? Go ahead. Is, is, um, by sorry, the way, what you're saying when it comes to the government, 
but some people were mistreated because people, the, the, the American people, would not do right with the system. That's why the government had to step in and make laws for people so they can be treated right. So when it comes to that point, I think government should have stepped in because there wouldn't have been a lot of people still working for free. I, I, and I wouldn't so? argue with that point, Mace. I don't argue that sometimes government needs to step in, yes. but I believe it needs to step in at local levels. When you have the no, the federal, local level is the, the local level is what caused the problem, and no, still causing well, the problem. The, things can change. That you can change the local levels. It's, if the people would change throughout history, throughout history, the federal level has always been a, a very hard to touch, very hard to change, etc. You can vote and you can write your. But bottom line is. The states, the states have more power than the federal government, and the locals have more power than anything. That's why the really? elected sheriff is the most powerful cop. It's us. It's up to us to uphold that. And when we don't, we have the feds involved in education. We have the feds just everywhere. They're they're in Margaret Thatcher's uh, poontang. <laughs> Let me tell you something. See, I say I would not vote for my friend if he was if he was in politics, because. Uh, being a politician, we couldn't be we couldn't be friends. But in a little town that I know of, you get ready to have a mayor. Nobody in the town got the opportunity, gonna have to vote because they they groomed this person to become mayor of the town next, which makes no sense. And the people are gonna go out and vote, and they already picked them. Now, what kind of sense would that make? All right. Well, with that, we will close the show out. We'll let Karen finish it up. Karen, any thoughts? Oh, I was just thinking about when I was working at the hospital doing patient registration. And I would get these little old ladies who'd come in with a letter that they got from their insurance company, and they didn't know what to do with it because their husband had just died, and their husband had taken care of their bills and everything all their, all her life. And so then they're bringing in these papers to me, and I'm trying to help her figure it out. And me being a college graduate, and I'm having trouble with these insurance letters, it scares me to death that how they're taking care of taking advantage of the elderly people in our in our country and um, scaring them into signing things that they maybe shouldn't sign. Yeah, that is a, and that's that, why they have that, a liaison to take care of that. But see, Jones, you yeah. can't say that the government successfully successfully put you through the military and you came out and retired through government, right? Uh, so no. In other words, no, 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 Maze, Maze, listen, I. I uh, first let me let me let me say this. The government didn't successfully put me through the military. They gave me the uh, an opportunity, opportunity to serve my to, country for yeah. pay. I got yeah. paid to do it, and and I did a lot of work. I earned everything I got from the from the military. It wasn't as if they were doing me a favor, Mays. But everybody don't get were, the opportunity because they didn't no, no, pass the no, test no, no, or no, they no, not fit no, enough. Man. Don't even go there. The, the oh, government did saying. not give me anything for free. They weren't like saying, hey, come here, join the military. We'll give you all this free stuff, and you don't have to do anything to work for it. Do you? Will you turn your retirement down? Would I turn it down? Yes. No, I earned it, Maze. That's what I'm talking about. I earned everything I got from the military <laughs> through a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, and I'll tell you I enjoyed every minute of it. But I worked for everything I got Oh, it's not like I'm on welfare that I go down well, to the well, what I was and I that You also, at age 19, could have gotten killed in Grenada for it. I I mean, it's not like you didn't do anything. I could have gotten killed in, in Afghanistan. I could have gotten killed in Iraq. I could have gotten killed in Kuwait. I could have gotten killed in, in several other places, which I won't mention. 
The point is, Mays, I... the point I, is what I was trying to say. If I'm it wasn't for Eisenhower, you wouldn't have even been in the military. Oh, thank you very much. If it wasn't for me putting my mother's signature, forging my mother's signature on the recruiting paper while the recruiters stood over me watching, I wouldn't be in the military. And I, another year. Eisenhower made it possible for you. Oh, we got to go, Mays. May, okay, okay. well, I'll call you back another day and tell him I'll be ready for his show if he lets me talk and not try to pack me down and be afraid. Good night, God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We are out of here. Yeah.
Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy hour. From 2 to 5 p.m., double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy Hour at Hardy's is a good call. Offer for a limited time and only between 2 and 5 p.m. Price and participation may vary. That's not included. Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy hour. From 2 to 5 p.m., double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy Hour at Hardy's is a good call. Offer for a limited time and only between 2 and 5 p.m. Price and participation may vary. That's not included.